Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 41. Over the next several podcasts, I want to speak to you about forgiveness, about brokenness, and living beyond brokenness and walking in the forgiveness of God and in fellowship with Him. In order to do that, I want to speak to you, first of all, about forgiveness, what it is and what it is not. There are two kinds of forgiveness that I have found in the Bible. First of all, there is what I would call judicial forgiveness. Now, that is when God, as the judge of the universe, as the creator of all mankind, says, I forgive you. I declare you to be righteous. Now, you read about this kind of righteousness and this kind of forgiveness in the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verses 1 and following where it talks about we've been justified by faith. That means that we have legally been declared forgiven and not only forgiven of all that we have done, but we are declared righteousness. Now, that is an entire series of podcasts for itself because, you see, God not only forgives us for what we have done in the past, but he forgives us of all that we will ever do because when Jesus died, he died once for sin to pay the penalty of all of our sin not just what we've done in the past. You see, God not only forgives us of all the sin that we've done, but all the sin that we will do. Now, sometimes people will say, well, wait just a minute. Do you mean that God has already forgiven me of something that I've never done? Exactly. He paid for that 2,000 years ago. Let me ask you a question. How many sins had you committed when he died 2,000 years ago? Absolutely none, because you were not alive. But Jesus yet paid the penalty for you your sin so that when you come to him, he pays for all of your sin because there is one penalty for sin and that is death. And either you're going to allow his death to be payment for your sin, or you're going to have to pay for it yourself at the great white throne judgment. And so the Lord Jesus gives us the gift of forgiveness, but also he imputes to us He reckons to our account his righteousness. Now, what that simply means is in the great ledger of heaven, the account of Jesus is absolutely perfect. He lived and did exactly as the Father would have him to do. He always thought what he should have thought just when he should have thought it. He always said what he should have said just when he should have said it. And he always said it in the way that he should have said it. He always did what he should have done. He never, ever did anything said anything or thought anything that he shouldn't have done, said, or thought. And so he was absolutely perfect. He was absolutely righteous. Now, the Bible says that earned righteousness that he earned out in obedience to God, because he rose from the dead, he can give his righteousness to us. And so when God the Father looks on my account in heaven, he doesn't see all of my sin. No, Jesus has already paid for that. No, he sees the perfect earned righteousness of Jesus, his perfect life. And that's put on my account so that when God looks at my ledger, the debt has been paid. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. 
When we come to Jesus and we come in repentance with a humble heart, God forgives us, but not only of what we've done in the past, but all that we'll ever do. Why, if you and I were to ask the Lord to forgive us and he forgave us of what we had done in the past from the moment we asked that, it wouldn't be two hours and maybe even less till we would sin again and have to go through the whole procedure. No, God forgives us of all that we've ever done, and then he places on our account the righteousness of Jesus. He declares us to be righteous. Now, when someone says, and it was popular years ago to say, I'm as righteous as the son of God. Well, you're not as righteous as the son of God. You are righteous because he gave you his righteousness, not his inherent righteousness as God, the son, but his earned righteousness. He puts on your account and mine as children of God. So we are justified. We're forgiven. We go before a judge, guilty, stained, contemptuous. And God, in his great mercy and chesed, he comes and as a judge, he forgives us and declares us forgiven and righteous. That's judicial forgiveness. But once we're saved, that doesn't mean that we're sinless, but it does mean that we should sin less. And when you read the book of 1 John, which was written to believers, you see there that a man who says, I have no sin, is a liar. But what happens when we sin and we disrupt fellowship with God? Please understand this. Judicial forgiveness means that we are declared righteous once and for all. That means our legal standing before God, we stand before him righteous, and uh, we are forgiven completely. But there is family forgiveness. That is, within a family, we don't go to our father, who is now our father because we are in a relationship with him through Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and imputed righteousness. We go to God not as a judge, but as a father. There's a big difference between going before God as a judge and going before God as a father. Now we're in the family. He is our father. And the scripture says this same writer of the book of First. John wrote the gospel of John, and it was written to unbelievers. And in his first chapter, he says that as many as received him after those who reject him, that's one thing, but those that receive him to them gave he the power to become the children of God, the born ones of God, even to those that believe in his name. So we approach God after we're born again, after we're saved, as we're a part of the family of God, we approach him as a father and he forgives us as a father. You see, when I was growing up, the time that my father was with us, he would sometimes say, don't do this, don't do that. And when I would disobey him, that doesn't mean that I'm no longer his son because his DNA was in my veins. I would be his son and will forever be his son. But I didn't always please my father. And when I went to my father and I confessed my shortcomings and I confessed my disobedience, my father would forgive me. Sometimes he would punish me. Sometimes he would uh, discipline me uh, as a loving father would do. But I did not cease to be a son, but I was out of fellowship with him. We wouldn't see eye to eye. And how can two walk together except they be agreed? So my father wasn't wrong. I was wrong. So I would go to him as first John one nine says, if we, that is children of God, confess our sins and then God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Now, what does that mean? If we confess our sin, does that mean admit? Does that mean list off? Does that mean say we've done it? Absolutely not. 
The word confess is the word homo logeo. Homo means same in the Greek language. Logeo means to speak or to say. When we come to God and confession, we don't just list off our sins. What we say is we are in agreement with you. To say the same thing is to be in agreement. That's why in times past, we would talk about a confession of faith, that is, that a church believed, articles of confession, what we all agree on together. Well, that's the idea here of homo logeo. John says all of us have sinned. Even as children of God, we have sinned. We have broken fellowship with God. And if we will come to him and we will say the same thing about our sin that God does, we will agree with him about our sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. That means we agree with him that he's right and we are wrong. We agree with him that we need to repent of our sin, turn from it completely, and trust in him and trust in his forgiveness and receive his forgiveness. We need to agree with him that we are the cause, not him. It's not uh, if someone would have, should have, could have, or we would have done this or God would have done that. We would know we take complete responsibility for it and say, I am responsible for this. God's cleansing will cleanse us. The Bible says he will cleanse us from all righteousness. Why? Because he is faithful to do this. He will do it over and over and over again in our lives. And as you know, he has in your life and mine, but he's just in doing this. He's not looking over our sin. He's not looking beyond our sin. He's looking at the payment of his own son that paid the penalty for our sins and is indeed our advocate to this day. Now, there is a chapter break at the close of uh, chapter one, and it begins, uh, my little children, in chapter two of First John, my little children, this is a personal relationship, a close familial relationship. He says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. In other words, John said, why I just told you about confession and sin and all all of those things is the goal is that we do not sin. My little children, these things write unto you for this purpose, that you sin not. But then he says something. It's called a first-class conditional sentence in the Greek text. Now, that means nothing to you except to say to those of who are listening that it does that this is the in, in the indicative mode. That means that it is assumed to be true. It is assumed to happen. Sometimes this is translated since, sometimes when. If we translate it like that, it begins to make sense. My little children, these things write unto you uh, that you sin not. But when you sin, since you're going to sin, you see, as long as we're in this life, we're not going to be perfected. But when you sin, we have an advocate. We have a parakletos. We have one called along beside us to stand with us, to stand for us. And he is our advocate and is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Now, why would God say that through the apostle John? Because Jesus is the one that the enemy cannot point the finger at and say, you sin. So he is totally righteous. He stands in our behalf as our defense attorney and says, I object. I paid for that sin. Because you see, Satan is the accuser. He will tempt us into sin and then accuse us after we've done it and say, how could you do that? God doesn't love you. You are a shame and a disgrace to the family of God and you will never amount to anything. Boy, is he an accuser and he will do that over and over again. And everyone listening to this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking about. And here's the wonderful thing. Jesus Christ is our advocate. He is our hilasterion. He is our mercy seat. 
He is the one that not only is our mercy seat, but he, his own blood is what paid for our sin because the wages of sin is death and he has paid for our sin. Now, the reason I'm introducing this to you is because in the coming podcast, I want us to talk about forgiveness, not just receiving God's forgiveness judicially by we are declared to be righteous and forgiven. And not only do I want us to understand family forgiveness, but I want us to walk in it. And one of the greatest hindrances to walking in is forgiveness in our own life. And as we read, for instance, the model prayer, the Lord himself talking about those who are in a relationship with God, you say, well, how do you know that? Because he says we are to pray our Father who is in heaven. Those who are not children of God by faith, they are not children of God in the sense that I'm talking about. They're part of the human race, but the Bible says they are of their father, the devil. But those of us who are walking with God in a relationship with him, then we can come to him as a father. And as we do that, God cleanses us and forgives us. And then he allows us to experience that when we forgive others. That's why he says, Father, forgive them as they forgive others. That doesn't mean that our forgiveness and our standing before God legally and judicially is based upon our forgiving others. But we will not experience the forgiveness of God unless we give what we have been given to others. Oh, it's there, but we won't sense it. And many are walking in darkness today as children of God. Many are walking depressed today and in sadness because they have never forgiven and given as a gift to others what God has given as a gift to them. And so as we go through these coming days, we're going to look at some very hard teaching from the Word of God that's going to take more of God to live out in our lives and to experience than anything God will ever ask us to do. Because I want to make this statement over and over again. Again, the most godlike thing that you and I will be ever asked to do by our Heavenly Father is to truly, biblically forgive someone who has betrayed us and hurt us. And remember, those whom we love the most are the ones that can hurt us the deepest. Listen tomorrow and the next days as we begin to walk more and more in the forgiveness that God has given to us. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.